Welcome to the Stock Mo Money Show podcast. This is Stock Mo. And this is Mrs. Mo. Surprise! Everything is for entertainment only. Like, Yay, I got to like, say it. Yeah, like usual, man. That, that, that doesn't change much in the beginning. But <laughs> anyways, I am Stock Mo. That's just Mrs. Mo. We're here to bring you some entertainment and some financial good news, some, some stock picks, all kinds of good stuff. At the end of the day, though, all we want you to do, hit a little subscribe button wherever you're at, wherever you're watching this podcast. That way you know every time we put a new one out, which is five days a week, during the weekdays, after the market. Or sometimes before that, you will be able to listen. I do have a link in the description to Weeble. You can get yourself two free stocks right now. You put 100 bucks in there, and you get a shot at $1,850 if the random number generator is on your side. And we, of course, have our YouTube channel. Come over and check us out. So, Mrs. Mo, what do we got in store for today? Besides a train in the background. Yeah, for I those, know, <laughs> for those who are listening, Jeez. I'm going to leave this in here because these are the things you go <laughs> you go through when you're in the middle of making a podcast and sometimes I think people like to hear the sounds of the of the creation process and and trains going by making sure that it's like the cat yesterday meowing yes. throughout the video now we got trains going off yeah so. I was just envisioning us like running after a caboose or something and hopping on the train all right Mrs. Mo what do you got for me first well, we're going to do a story first, of course. Is that okay? That's fine with me. Okay, so someone asked how we met, and I thought that would be fun oh, to talk boy. about. Oh, boy. I'm going to have to give you the 60-second version on this one because I could go on for hours and hours and hours on that. But the quick one is, and I'll be quick about it, and I'll keep it rated G, but we went into well, it. Well, was it rated G? What well, are you talking about? No, there was alcohol. There was okay. a club, okay. dancing. Okay. Yeah. You, know, you know, I don't know if... What, we were early if that 20s. was PG-13, but you had to be 21 to get into the club. Right, anyway, right, so right. I go to a dance club, and I'm with my buddies. We were out all night beforehand. And so you can tell that I was a younger, early 20s, and I had a few, probably too many that night. And I remember feeling that I was, I could do anything that night. And all the boys were with me, and they said, I said, uh, I'm going to go up to the prettiest girl in this club, and I'm going to get her to dance with me. And all the fellas, I said, oh, they're like, yeah, you'll just go up to somebody you know. And I said, you pick out the person. And they looked around, and they said, that girl over there in the corner, she's the hottest one here. And I said, oh, I agree with that. And I said, why? You don't think she would dance with me? And they're like, no way, man. She's too snobby to be with a guy like you. Yeah, I know. It hurt. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I remember walking over and I said, hey. And I go, do you know who I am? <laughs> and she looks at me and she says my brother's name and go, yeah, you're, you're his little brother. You're Sean's little brother. And I was like, oh. I said, no. no. I said, I, I'm not, you know, I was, but I didn't like to be referred to as my older brother's little brother because I was a pretty big guy myself. And so I sat there and I said, yeah, but I'm, I'm so-and-so. And, and, and you know, them guys over there said that you were too snob to to talk to me and then she turned around and looked and she said what guys and they all like a whole flock of whatever just turned her head and looked away from yeah, her they did. at the same time it was the funniest thing to see all these grown men scared to death of her and they all turned her head away and she says i'm not too snobby to talk to you 
and she wasn't. And next thing you know, we're married. So there's the quick. Well, yeah, but that was. Well, I know there is a lot more to it. And I said that I could go on hours. Yeah, uh, but that's we, not even when we really started dating. I we know. Didn't start dating for another I'll, like all right. a year later. I'll give them the best part. I went to a spring break. I went to spring break with all my, my friends. And we came home late one night from Panama City. And when we got back from Panama City, I ended up going into the same club, and she was sitting there with her friends. They had quite a few drinks that night, as I recall. Mm, uh, yeah, I'm more not than, sure about that. More than me. I didn't have one. And okay. I remember walking up, and you, I was like, hey. You're like, hey, you never talked to me. And you were so nice. And I was like, well, I didn't think you liked me. And you're like, no, I do. And then we, I said, well, let's go dance. And then we danced, and we went out for coffee and, yep. and pancakes later that night. And... Um, yeah. Yeah, and then, then we were then inseparable. I, yeah, then I said we're going out tomorrow, and she left a little note on my car. And next I thing, you know, next thing you know, um, you tell him how you left a note on the car. I did. I left a note on his car because I enjoyed the night so much, and I remember going home to my mom, and just telling her about this guy that I really liked, and trying to come up with a way to let him know. And so I knew that his dad owned a pizza shop, and that he was working that day, and. I decided to write him a little note, so I took it over to the pizza shop, and but I didn't want him to see me put it on his car, and his car was parked right out front. So this, I don't know, like 13-year-old boy was on his bike, and I said, hey, I'll give you a dollar if you take this note and put it on that car right there. So he did. And then, of course, Mo found it, found the note later. Oh, and, it was so yeah. nice. It was so nice. I had, First of all, I saw the note and I thought, uh-oh, somebody's mad at me. But it was actually a nice <laughs> note. So I was pretty pretty happy about that. And like she said, we were inseparable. And the story can go on for hours and hours. And I'll share yeah. it with you one of these days. When we're all sitting together on a on a cruise ship somewhere yes. or some kind sometimes fun. when we all get together. But right now let's move into some of these financial questions, Mrs. Mo. What do you got okay, for us? Okay, so and that was actually three minutes. That wasn't the sixty second version. Well, but you know, you, you did know, a I get good job. I get of, excited. I get of, excited. Yeah, you did a I'm good not job. real good with numbers, you know that, right? <laughs> yeah okay okay i do i do i do i'm, I'm okay with numbers i guess i you you're know, okay i think yeah, you're i think all right i think uh i think i've proven that but go ahead what do okay. we got so well first of all um from sandra actually that question was part of her question okay. was about us and there's a um in the background do you hear that they're, <laughs> they're gonna end up hearing all that stuff in the background um there is a question here about my cancer. She's a nurse and she knows that cancer not only affects the person diagnosed with it, but the entire family. I know Mrs. Mo is a cancer thriver and I'd like to know how that affects what you two and your family do now. So this is, March is actually colorectal cancer awareness month. So I wanted to also take the time to just talk about that a little bit because for anyone that's listening, if I can help someone to stop them from going through what I had to go through, it would be totally worth it. Um, so I am a stage three cancer survivor and actually 3C, very close to stage four. And um, it definitely did change everything. It changed our relationships. It changed how we look at life. It changed just, I don't know. It, I, I hate to say this, and I know this sounds weird, but in some ways, and I don't want to say that I'm thankful that I had cancer, but 
I appreciate that I had that experience because of how it did change me as a person and how it helped us as a family unit. So as far as what it does for us now as a family, I guess I would say that, I mean, geez, we have this house, you know, with a lot of different space and the way that we arrange things, we all end up being like within the same 10 foot square area. When COVID hit, I was actually secretly really excited to have to stay home. And of course, you know, being immunocompromised and things like that, I did not and still don't go many places whatsoever. But having all three of my kids and my husband and I under the same roof is like my, you know, a mother's dream. So I actually really enjoyed that aspect of things. Um, I guess it just really strengthens our relationships now and makes us thankful for every day and and just don't not to sweat the small stuff, I guess. I know that's kind of cliche, but it's absolutely true. I also um, want to tell everybody out there, please, if you are having any problems at all, please get your colonoscopies. Please press your doctors for tests. I was actually misdiagnosed like three separate times. Um, you know, they diagnosed me with other things. And uh, I wish now, thinking back, that I would have asked and pushed more for a colonoscopy very, very early on because... I would have caught this in the very early stages instead of later stages. So I don't know if that answers your question. Mo, do you have anything to oh, add? Sure, I know it. Uh, a lot of the things I did in life focused around maximizing profits, everything I was trained to do. I went to college and got two master's degrees in um, business. And one of the things I always thought about was how to make the most money. After cancer hit and I was spending a lot of time at hospitals and my wife, we'd have to go to Hershey in uh, Hershey Medical, shout out to you, Hershey Medical, Penn State's part of that. They saved her life and the colorectal team over there, you are the best. And at the end of the day, I had the members of my, my community coming every day for months to feed my kids while I was taking her to different hospitals, chemo, radiation. It went on forever and the community came together, made sure my kids were fed and made sure I was fed. And I'm trying to work, she's trying to get treatments. It was crazy, and I respect that. Anybody that goes through it, it definitely is not just the person. It's the entire family, the friends. There's stakeholders all over the place when somebody gets cancer, and we all have to come together to help each other. And don't ever think that somebody says, no, I'm good. They're not. Everyone needs help, even the, the members who are just giving car rides and and trying to feed kids and feeding the uh, the people who are going through it because we're so tired. You go to work. Mrs. Mo went to work while she had treatments. You want to see how tough she is? She was getting radiation, chemo, and still going to work full-time being a teacher. Are you kidding me? And then coming home and, and being a great wife and a mom, man, you have no idea how tough she is. So there's your story on that. Let's go ahead and get into some financials. Yes. So thank you for letting me take a moment to give my public service announcement for March for colorectal cancer awareness. Okay, now we can get to our questions. And the first question that I have, it's actually from two different people. Um, it's about the portfolios and it's both Elizabeth and let's see who else Shout from out. Elizabeth and Jim. Okay. And they have questions about the portfolio. So let me start with Jim's first, and then I want to go over to Elizabeth's because hers is in a little bit sure. more detail. Jim says, just wondering how you divide up your portfolios. Are they all in different accounts or just in the same few accounts and you divide them out on your own in Google Sheets or Excel? 
I have a mess in my accounts and I'm trying to keep them all straight within TD Ameritrade and Webull after your endorsement. Oh, well, that's this is a little different for me because I do run the Patreon, which I have a link down below in the description of that. But I have, I when I originally had mine before I was a YouTuber and I had people following, I just had them all in one portfolio and I rotated sectors and stuff as I saw momentum pulling one over the other like right now a lot of stuff's going into the dow and value plays compared to the nasdaq and it was just me i would just start rotating stocks now it's a little different though because i have since i started way back last august september started the patreon really get going in october people wanted a dividend one they want a value one they want a growth one they want a spac they want a penny stock one so i broke them up into different categories and overall all, that's how I did it to make sure I'm helping different parts because some people when they're older and they want less risk they want a nice value slash dividend so you have two portfolios to kind of take stocks out of and then those who are younger who have 30 40 years before retirement have high risk they can go full uh, growth fund and so I had them all set up for different people and I had a growth fund for 2020 but then all the new members and started in December January wanted their own growth fund so they can start right with me so we did that we started a new one at the end I'm creating right now all of these into one big portfolio to add to the collection at the patreon so you can have the individuals as well as I'm going to put them all together so you can kind of see all my uh, portfolio money there. And then, of course, I do have side money as well in my own personal. But I will tell you the personal account I have is just the same stocks, different amounts of money. Now, I do, uh, I do like the stocks I'm in and I am rotating a bit into some of the value stocks from some of the more risky growth stocks. I love the growth, but there are a few that are very high risk that are getting hammered from the increase in race, but we'll go over that. Okay, and also I just wanted to bring up the fact that um, I do see from some people in Discord that they talk about or in some of those questions or commenting under the YouTube videos that they would love to buy some of the uh, larger, yeah. the more expensive like stocks, Tesla. like yeah. Tesla, for example. And I don't know if anybody knows about this. I mean, I know that a lot of you do, but there are people out there that don't know that you can buy fractional shares of a larger, more expensive stock. And th what that basically means is that you're just buying a small portion of the stock. It depends. Let, What's Tesla? I don't even know what it was today. It's like today. 700. Yeah, I mean, so six, let's say it was around 700, 600, 600 today. If you wanted to cost average into it $100 into the fractional share, you know, it becomes more affordable for anybody out there that does want to have those stocks but maybe doesn't feel like they can do it all at once. And so there are brokerages out there that do allow for fractional share investing. I know of Charles Schwab, Fidelity, Interactive brokers, Robinhood, I think, Mo. You yeah, yeah, used. absolutely. I, some uh, Robinhood right now. That is a good place to go for fractional. I know you had a list of them there. Yeah, works TD good. Ameritrade, yeah. E-Trade, Merrill Edge, and Vanguard were some that I've seen that yeah. do take uh, do allow people to buy fractional shares. And then something else that I just wanted to piggyback on related to the portfolios. Mo does have 
multiple brokerages so he has different stocks in different places and i highly suggest that people do that that they open an account in different brokerages simply because when you're out there and you see a stock maybe it's something that quickly comes on your radar for whatever reason but you realize that you can't buy it in one brokerage or one broker, you can go and buy it in another. And so when you're creating your portfolios, if you do go the route of doing the Google Sheets, it doesn't really matter which broker you use to buy that stock. You can take those specific amounts from each one and put it together into your own portfolio to watch as a whole. But I do remember in the past that Mo recommended doing that uh, just because you don't want to worry about having to move money around or waiting for your money to clear in one certain broker. I don't know, Mo, do you have anything no, else that's you it. want you to add to it, that? Man. You nailed yeah. it. So that's for those looking and saying, I'd like to get some of the bigger leaders like Tesla, but I can't afford them. Well, you can you can just buy a dollar amount, a fractional share, if you will, is the site she named. I use Robinhood. Uh, most of my trades are in Weeble slash Ameritrade, and I do some fractional in Robinhood as well. Yes. And then, so we talked about the fact that I had two people that had similar questions. So this is from Elizabeth, and she wants to know about kind of organizing for daily or weekly monitoring. Do you have any suggestions, Mo? on, let's see, she says, I'm spending more time than I want to looking after my stocks. And she wants to basically know how she could organize them so that maybe some of them she could only be looking at weekly, whereas others she might be looking at daily. That's just, I'm oh, just yeah. summarizing I, I, I what get she's what she, saying. Yeah, I see what she's saying. She has a lot of stocks there. She feels the need to make sure she's on them. You know, there's a few things you can do. You can do a trailing stop just to make sure that if it drops by a certain amount that it'll sell automatically that way you don't have to watch it or you can break it into the areas like i did and you know your value plays your dividend your high growth and you can make levels and just kind of watch but you know it, it's almost i would say if you're investing for the long term you got good fundamentals under your belt you know you looked at these companies they're solid they're the leaders and you know you're going to own them for a long time that way, you know, when you put them in that portfolio, you're good. And you don't have to watch them second to second to second. And you can feel comfortable going to work all day, not being on your phone watching them. And you can just kind of check them once a day or once a week just to see where they're at and just see how they are performing compared to the market. And then you can just kind of start to watch a, a little bit, you know, just a few that might not be performing as the market. And they're ones that you might want to trade out of and get into some other potential winners for yourself. And that's one way to handle that. And the other thing is, if it gets too much, you can just buy an ETF. Put all your money into an ETF like VOO, the S&P 500 Index Fund, charges a 0.03% interest or uh, you know, fee on that. That's hardly anything at all. And that's a good way of putting it in there and just letting the S&P 500 take care of you. I also wanted to add that with the Google Sheets, if you... And, and just to let you know, you know, Mo organizes his in Google Sheets. But what you can do is you can go out to the Internet and take a look for you could use Excel if you wanted to. You could use Google Sheets if you want to. There are people out there who've put them out there for free and you can download that and use that for yourself. And those sheets do have those the functions in them, which actually pulls the information straight from Google Finance so that when you're looking at them, I mean, there might be a 10 minute, 15 minute delay 
on the amounts that you see there. So if you actually do that, Elizabeth, what you could do is use the same sheet but then do different pages within the sheet. So I guess it's, I should say, it would be the same spreadsheet and then it has separate sheets inside of the one spreadsheet so that all you would have to do really is to go from tab to tab to tab with your different portfolios and they would be basically all in one spot, although you could separate them how you'd want to. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, that makes absolute yeah. sense. That was a good question. Okay, so let's move on to a different style of question. Okay, this next question is from Aaron. He says, I'm fairly new to the stock market, just started watching YouTube about the stock market back in November. I know you didn't start YouTube until around August. I was curious what you did when COVID was coming or you thought it was coming to the US. I thought I heard you say you sold everything in February. I did. That was something I have my personal money. I have, but I also am on a board for a ch local charity here. And one of the best things we do is that I had local community members donate cash to my investing class. And we have one of the few in the United States that actually has real money. It was, they gave it to us for us to do whatever we wanted with anything we made was ours. Anything that was in the account was ours. So they just gave it to us. And then we donated all that money back to the charity, if you will. So the charity actually had final, final ownership, but they allowed me and my students to actually manage it. And so as we were running that fund up, we were out for outperforming the market and we were doing great. And then all of a sudden we started to hear of this virus in December into January out in China. And we, we were talking about it in class. I said, look, is this a black swan event that could shut down the the stock market in terms of growth and is it going to affect economies? And the first thing that I we were talking about it every day, and the first big sign was we heard that China was shutting some factories down. Right when we heard that, I said, uh-oh, that is big. And I said, they are growing. They A lot of people get a lot of their stuff around the world from their factories, and eventually we're going to see a hit on products in the United States. I said, guys, I think we should probably start selling and maybe even start thinking about shorting this market. And then over the next two weeks, the market kind of kept going up. And then finally, we saw a bad day, another bad day, and the kids looked and they said, Mo, I think you're absolutely right. They're shutting down more factories. Let's liquidate everything, because I let the kids handle it, and move into short positions and just short the market. And so we ended up selling everything and moving into a single ETF that shorted the, the market. And we did fantastic. Not before we lost some. Then at the end, though, I don't want to make this sound like it's just such a great story. At the end, the market recovered quickly. It was a V-shaped recovery. And so at the end, we were still short, and it popped back up about 10%. And we ended up giving some money back. But then we reversed and ended up going into uh, actual leveraged ETF for going up higher, and we made a boatload of money. And uh, the, I know the the foundation that we work for was very pleased, and I do miss managing that fund, but that's how we handled that. We did very well, and I actually had to liquidate that fund when I became a full-time YouTuber and left being a teacher, because uh, they were not comfortable with anybody else managing that except me, and when I left, that was the end of that. So I'm still a board member there, but we no longer have that managed fund. I do remember Mo talking about COVID back in December of 2019. 
he was reading the news and he was watching it and every single night he would update me on news and that carried into January and February, you know, leading up to March. And it just blows my mind to think back. I mean, literally, I remember him talking about it before Christmas of 2019 and knowing about it then. And he was, you know, just, I don't know, he just has a gift. He's like a visionary. But uh, <laughs> Thanks. well, you just have, get this feeling about. Things, I know. But, I remember seeing it. I said, yeah. "This is going to be yes. really bad." Yes. And if, I said, "If this blows up like it, it could," I said, "You're going to see stock markets tank by 30, 40 percent." Yeah. And it happened. Yep, it did happen. So Aaron also has a slightly, you know, an additional question here that I think he can answer quickly. Yeah. It says, "Also, you have mentioned locking in tax losses." I feel like you have locked in the max limit of 3000 already this year. With that in mind, you, what do you do? Do you just keep pushing the extra to the next year and so on? Oh, Aaron, that's a great question. I'm way over that 3000 For those following, not to sound like it's a bad year because we're actually up quite substantially uh, since, uh, since when I started, October, September, when I was really getting into it big time. And I got to tell you, we're doing very well since that period. But I had a ton over the last four weeks of some of the high risk stocks actually drop. And so I locked in quite a bit for my personal and over at the Patreon, all that together. And it was substantially more than the 3000. But when I sold, I instantly turned around, put it back in the market. And then the recovery over that week and a half we had almost got it all back. So that was fantastic. But now we had a nasty red day yesterday. And I'm hoping today is much better. The, the pre-market from where we're filming this, or I should say filming, recording this, is it's green, but you never know. And I, I'm, I'm watching it. So, But at the end of the day, you can actually offset some gains at the end of the year. In December, late December, I can decide to take some gains, offset by some of that. Or I can just keep moving 3000 forward. And if you have, say, $10,000, 3000 this year, 3000 next year, 3000 the following year, and then 1000 the final year, you can take as losses or uh, like I said I do have long-term capital gains uh, rates for the gainers so I can depending what category you're in for taxes say you're in the top and it's 37 well the long-term capital gains rate is only 20% so you actually get a nice little profit of 17% of all them write-offs when you're starting to cash in the long-term capital gains there's all kinds of things but I'm not an accountant you talk to your accountant. my account always says that you're doing good things so that's one of the things I absolutely love about that so Mo can you believe we're at our last question already? yeah when you're having fun it goes so yes fast. it does so this one is from Douglas and also I just wanted to say that now, you know what? Hold up one minute, okay. Mrs. Mo. Before you read that, I was wondering, you know, this is you know, what's your favorite part of doing all this podcast stuff? Oh, wow. I'm the just hitting her up, guys. She had no idea about any of these questions. No, so. this is a surprise. Yeah. So what's your favorite part of all this? Um, I think being able to interact with you in a fun way yeah and just what you don't have fun see... you don't have fun with me normally well yes of course i do <laughs> but it's just that we are interacting but yet it's natural and it's how we are when we're at home so it is fun i like the fact that it's you and i work i actually look forward is it to the it fact i really that, do is it the fact that we locked tesla cat out of the studio no over you definitely not you, I'm, yeah, gonna... I'm surprised he hasn't yeah, even well i'm going to tell him that you just said that that you don't want him in here and you're no, locking him up i don't did not yeah, say you, that. <laughs> you, so you I do like the part that. that we are all together. We're having fun. Yes. And I like working with you. I like talking 
and teasing you and you know just our banter back and yep. forth and I just had yeah, a, it's just fun. We just had a good buddy of ours just text me from Connecticut. It said that he thought that you were doing a fantastic job. Yep, yeah, yeah, I was happy about that's it. very nice. Yeah, so that was nice. I was just wondering what your favorite it. part. My but, favorite but part. Can I say another, something else? Oh yeah. Another favorite part of mine is just being able to know that we're helping people. Oh, of course. I that, mean, that's another huge that was thing. The major that's one of the reasons reason, yeah. why we're teachers, obviously. Yeah, that was one but, of the, yeah. you know, that's one thing that I miss is having, being able to put information out and allowing people to take that information and then move on and it affects their lives in some way. So I like that too. Yeah, I like just laughing and having fun hearing the stories and just answering questions and all that good stuff. And just hearing your voice because every time I hear the podcast when I'm editing, I'm like, ooh, she sounds pretty. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and You're hit sweet. up that last that last question. Okay, so, and actually this, this question has to do with some personal things. So I kind of like this episode because people really get to know us. Oh, yeah. Uh, although this relates to stocks, but this is from Douglas, and he says, some content that I would personally like to hear has to do with your portfolio. To me, a portfolio tells a story about a person who runs it. For example, I work in the nuclear power business, so I have stock in the energy sector. I drive a Chevy my whole life, so I own some GM. I enjoy your content, so I own CCIV and he laughs. Yeah. I have more, but that's some examples that I can give. I would really like to know the story of your portfolio. I understand you love the EV sector, but didn't know if it was just because that's where you see the world going in the future or if it's more personal than well, that. Well, I'm glad he can laugh about CCIV. I know many of us, <laughs> when it was $60 a share, we're lo loving it, and now we're not laughing so much. But I'm still holding that one long term, Douglas. I got to tell you, I love that. And I think CCIV is going to come back to be 40 to 50 by the end of this year. And I bought into it through all this correction, and I'm still buying into it. I always tell Mrs. Mo, I said, if it gets up to 40, we'll be able to buy a uh, a, a lucid air for her with all the profits. So I, I'm heavy in that. But I do make up my portfolios based on some of my beliefs. I am big in the EV because I do believe in automobiles being able to do what they need to do with zero, uh, we'll say, dirty air coming out, you know, the CO2, all that good stuff. I emissions. Wanna, yeah, emissions. That's it. You yeah. got to help me with that one. Yeah, so, I know. You know, I'm a numbers guy. Sorry, now. I didn't want to interrupt. No, not the big words. <laughs> that's a, You know, you're married to me. You can interrupt me anytime you want. <laughs> okay. Um, but I do want the, the clean EV cars. I want to have the world be a better place. I was, like I said, trained to maximize profits and all this other stuff. And after Mrs. Moe's cancer, I really changed me fundamentally as an investor. I used to, it didn't matter if I was investing in any of the, what they used to call the sin stocks. I didn't care. I just wanted to make as much money as I could. And then that kind of changed me. And I thought, you know what? I'm getting older. I've seen the goodness in people's hearts. And I think I should use my talents for stock research, helping people make money on, you know, in the market and everything else. And just, key in on some stocks that make the world a better place. EV, clean energy, some of those were. And of course, I know I still do the gambling stocks, but I'm actually a, a big, uh, I actually believe in that. I'm a proponent of that. I have a lot of family that worked in the industry, and I believe that they 
I, I, it's a, it's something that is naturally going to happen anyways. I wrote a paper during my master's degree that it should have been legalized across all, all the states. And I remember the professor looked at me and he said, there's no way gambling will ever be legalized in the United States like you just wrote in that paper. And I wrote about tax implications and the money that each state could bring by legalizing gambling. And he gave me a B. I'll never forget that. I actually want to, I wish I could go back and just find out who he was again, because I don't remember and write him and say, remember when you said it would never happen? He said it was an A paper, but he gave me a B because I wrote about something that will never happen. Mm -hmm. I just sat there and I was like, what? And, but that was something. So that's, that's one of the few sin stocks I still get into is the gambling industry. But I am big on the clean energy, leaving the earth a cleaner place with the EVs. And I absolutely love them. Don't get me wrong. I own a Mustang or two or three if you count my daughters. Mm -hmm. So I do. Ha I love my Mustangs, but I am big on the EVs and I'm looking forward to a Tesla slash Lucid. We'll see what it comes down to. Uh, when we get an opportunity, you got to get a charger put in here first at the house and go that route. But yeah, I think when you're investing your money, that's your way of voting on how you want to leave the world. Right. You can buy Tesla stock. You can buy Neo. You can buy some of these clean energy stocks and all that. And I get it, you know? Well, you're a very outdoorsy person, too. I know. I love it. That. Yeah. I go fishing yeah. all the time. And I, I got a lot of solitude out there. And I'll sit down on a rock in the middle of, literally in the middle of nowhere in the woods. I'll go back a mile or two walking down a creek where there's no civilization and there is nothing around but eagles and other birds flying around bear will come up to me every once in a while and a little scary when the bear comes up but uh i try not to tell mrs <laughs> mo about that too often you'll have to tell that i know yeah, that very story. that's a good story that's a good yeah, story that could be a but, story if one day. you know i just want to leave things better and i want to make a lot of money doing it so that's why you see me investing in some of these companies but i like to pick the leaders in these industries so I can reduce my risk a little bit. So if the industries take off like they did, I've been talking about NEO since it was in the teens, and now we're up there 40-something dollars a share. And of course, Tesla as well, since it was much, much smaller, and some of these clean energy stocks. Now we're having a correction, but at the end of the day, I still think they're going to do very well over the next three to five years. So that's a great question. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think everybody should follow their heart a little bit and just try to pick some stocks that they feel strongly about and that they know they can go to bed knowing they're, they're making the world a little bit better place. Yep. So, well, that's what we got for you today. I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. It was yeah. fun. Wow, was, that went quick. It does go it quick, yeah. And like we always say, you make sure you're checking out the links down below in the description. Wherever you're watching this from, Apple, Google, Spotify, hit that subscribe button. Become part of our little podcast community. We're going to do this five more times next week. It's going to be a, a lot of fun for us. We got the link down below to Weeble. Get those two free stocks. It takes five minutes. You might even get 1850 bucks worth of free stocks. You can write and tell us about that. And if you're a Patreon member, please remember that you can submit, continue to submit your questions that we will answer on our future shows. Yeah, and get a shout out from us. That'd be a lot of fun. I yes. love these questions. And I love the fact that we get, or we're getting these broad questions, not just keyed in on, hey, what do you think of Neo? I think everybody knows what I think of Neo. I love it. But you guys are giving me great questions. Any of those stock questions we take care of in Discord over the Patreon. And this is more of a, a way for you to ask some bigger questions for us, portfolio management, what do you see of the market moving forward? I love those kind of questions and keep them coming. And we really want to use this podcast in order to help educate 
So some of these questions I know people have said before, they, they would love to have been in Mo's class. And oh, so let fun. this be a way for you to ask a question as if you are in our class. I know that he wants to pass you the notes oh, and yeah. the homework I'll as cheat. he says I'll on his YouTube on every videos. Um, so let us pass you the notes for anything else that you're thinking of, anything financial. It does not have to just be the stock market and we can comment on it or anything personal like we did today. That was fun. Yeah, it was great. Great yes. episode. We, yes. And we haven't fought yet, so this is fantastic. That's true. Yeah. Not yet. Not we'll yet. Not yet. Keyword. Keyword. <laughs> I don't think we will. <laughs> no, I'm pretty laid back guy. So, so yeah. from Mrs. Mo, thank you for listening. And Stock Mo, thanks for listening. And now let's get out there and make some money.